me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hey everybody and welcome to Metallicast Live. I am your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon and I am so excited for this live stream. Probably about like six months or so ago. Maybe longer. I'm not time is just like it's one big blur. Totally right now. Like but real <laughs> these days. <laughs> Between COVID, work babies life who who knows sounds like not even a real thing right now but uh not too long ago mr james linfield of the mighty beat talica was on metallica so we had a great time and he gave me the heads up hey a few months down the road we're gonna have a new album coming out let's do something again and today is that day the brand new Metallica record, the Devolver album, is out everywhere now. And I'm so happy to have not just James, but the full band, all of Metallica, on with us to celebrate and talk about the new release. So welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks Thank for having you. us, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now, your, uh, for... your background looks different. <laughs> Who? Oh, <laughs> your, your background oh mine? Oh, I'm home. That's why I'm not at work. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't he was doing know. all the other ones today from work and bunch of boxes and shit in the warehouse. <laughs> yeah, it's a good setup though. It's nice and quiet back there. Oh yeah, you know, compared to, to the compared to the work floor, it's noisy. Yeah. You know. awesome. Good. You, in, yeah, good you guys have been. You guys have been keeping busy today with some uh, album promotion and being the first. Uh, day the records out and it's and it's great i can i can confirm i've heard it it is superb it's excellent 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 so let's jump into it let uh, kind of when did the whole process for the devolver album start for you guys start for you guys it... james take it i'm gonna go get a drink <laughs> <laughs> boy that didn't take yeah. long <laughs> yeah yeah you didn't i have that effect here. on what people hell, um, yeah i have that effect on people i drive them to drink yeah well, I mean, I, I guess the long answer on it would be the process for this album started once Abby Load was done. You know, I mean, we're a band like a lot of other bands that we will have a surplus of material or at least fledgling ideas that we want to work with. That a baby. There nice. you go. Yeah. Well, we got the good stuff going on over there. Good job. Way to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, I mean, so we feel like it's been a long time. But then also <laughs> coupled with COVID, um, all of us having personal things that kind of go, whether they be bad or good or neutral or whatever, that all takes time. Like how you're saying, you know, life, COVID, kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel right. like it's like we've been working on this album for a lot longer than what we actually have, you know. But, um you know, as, as far as getting the songs together, I think I would say that was a pretty quick process once we were in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, we already had Here Comes Revenge written and we were we were playing it on the, on the last tour. And that made the, that made the record, you know. Uh, but but the other eight are all new to us. But I know that there's a few stories that go behind some of the songs um, that particularly uh, Gerg and Dr. Rob they had some of these riffs uh, in their own archives for many years, you know, and they could go on and tell you about some of those things with a couple of those tracks. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, was this, is this sort of like how you guys typically approach an album or just sort of ideas trickle in from all of you? Then it's like, all right, we have X amount. Let's, let's plow ahead and do this. Yeah. It's like, you know, someone will come to the floor with, you know, I got this idea and we'll just flush it out and, you know, the suggestions will be made. Hey, let's change this, move this around, you know, right. for this, we we're, we're very well rehearsed going into the studio, which is all obviously always optimum. So, so, uh, by the time we got in there, it went really relatively quick, you know? Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, the process, it was just, you know, months and months of just jamming the tunes out, you know, and, doing rough recordings 
you know, eh, we should change this, do that. You know. And this one is more, it, it came about organically, the style of this album, which is different than all the others, where we're not, we're not like doing the Beatles thing so much, you know, as far as riffs and, and lyrics and all that melodies and shit. It's more Beatles, some Beatles production sensibilities, which I'm a fan of. I always wanted that in these records because that's a huge part of the Beatles. For instance, on this album, we have strings, violin, piano, sitars, you know, just stuff that didn't exist on any of the, the other records, nor really exists in the metal scene at all as well, you know. Clavius. Yeah, Clavis, feel percussion stuff, and so, so that so it's a, kind of a, a break away from us. It's it's more of an original, right. our original music than it is of any other album that we've done, you know. And, but it's more of a yeah. nod to Metallica. It's more of a nod to Metallica and metal in general. But overall, it's it's like our own songs. You know? Yeah, when I was listening to it earlier this week, that was my big takeaway. I was like, oh, this is like chalk filled with really original music, but all still sounding like a perfect mashup between the two bands, just done without necessarily, like you were saying, drawing directly from like a Beatles song or Which and even, past, you know, where it's like, yeah, this, of course, this Beatles song, you know. And James, you mentioned the song Here Comes Revenge, which is probably the only song that really stood out to me is like kind of drawing from kind of two specific songs from both bands where you have obviously Here Comes Revenge by Metallica mixed with Here Comes the Sun, which I thought was brilliant because it seems so obvious on paper, but like I would never have thought of combining those two. (laughs) I mean, when it comes down to this record and even past records... And we've said this for years. The more you are a fan of both bands, you're going to find the Easter eggs that lie within each of the songs. Every one of these songs on this record has some sort of nod to both camps, as well as our own camp. You know, are we directly lifting a lot of riffs? No. It's all about the feel, the vibe, creating this landscape where this this listener can say okay i can hear it but i know it's not um it's going to be one of those things it's almost like an auditory hallucination you know right Um, and a lot of bands you know in in the history of time beatles how they create their own song structures um uh, what one band I would say about the Metallica thing? Do you know who the band Orbit Culture is? Their new band. They're from no. Scandinavia. I think they're from Sweden. Um, go listen to Orbit Culture, and you're gonna be uh-huh. like, "Oh my God! If James Lenfield ever kicked the bucket, he, this guy needs to sing in Metallica <laughs> because he'd be oh, perfect. Awesome. <laughs> he'd be perfect <laughs> for this band. You know, you have his number." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so should I just remove James from the stream, guys? Yeah, Is right. that what we're all agreeing on? Yeah. yeah, all of a sudden the orbit guys. <laughs> right, I know. But it's like I can hear this in other other bands. The way that they're nodding right. to this, either vocally yeah. or you know, with with stacked vocal harmonies, stacked instrumental harmonies. That's the idea behind this record. We, you know. We have, a, you know, original stuff in the record. Yeah, you're damn right we do. But there's always going to be these sensibility nods to both of the parent camps. They're just not going to be a direct lift. Sure. You know, the only thing that we're directly lifting is our own ideas. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think, uh, you know, when you look at the specific songs on the record, Numberine was a one that really stood out to me that really captures exactly what you guys are talking about, where you guys somehow managed to take uh you know when you look at the beatles songs that are have the sitar in it and are just sort of like those kind of trippy jammy songs um that they've come out with some time to time whether it's like a kind of a norwegian wood or this or that you kind of take that sensibility and capture it in 
in sort of a, a ballad that Metallica yep. could have written structurally. <laughs> and the two yep. are working perfectly together. And it's like, all right, we have James kind of like, you even got like the James Hetfield's croon down, that style of That's crooning down a little bit. Song. And then, right. you know, and it's just so wonderfully done because I was like, this is, uh, I, and, and to me, from what you guys are saying, that perfectly captures like, exactly what you guys are speaking of and kind of captures the overall tone of this album even though it's actually one of the mellower songs on the record it it it, t- it takes all that beatles influence and all that metallic influence and mixes it together in something that's truly original well the really i mean i've we, we've talked about this song throughout the day and i know that jimmy wasn't here when we had some of these conversations but when that song was being written you know me on my couch on some cold february evening earlier this year and I brought it in and I remember going to, to rehearse or whatever. And Jimmy and I were kind of running through it. Greg was handling some stuff in the control room. And I mean, Jimmy, you can get more into this, but when you started coming up with what is now the essential push and sway and beat of that song and how much that changed the original landscape of that song. I mean, how, I mean, how, well, I think originally how do you that was, that? that was one where you were thinking that there wasn't even going to be any drums. It was just more of a, you know, acoustic guitars, you know, kind of layered throughout it, maybe some, you know, loose percussion or something. But um, I think just how it came together, I just I, I was hearing some different things, um, nodding to, to different, you know, artists and songs that I like. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it came together pretty easy. Yeah, once you started laying down that beat, it it, it totally took the song in a different direction. Yeah, you know, to one that, mm-hmm. considering the the reaction early on the record, that song is getting, a, you know, so good move, right. I guess, on our part, you know. <laughs> yeah. And another one that really stood out to me on the record was the second track, "Play Me Overdrive Guitar," and I was thinking, you know, you reference um, "Whiskey in the Jar" in that song. Is, is that one of the it, I was trying to think of another time where you guys had sort of referenced a song that Metallica had covered. Was that one of the first? Ex- um, well, we did that on um, "Run for Your the Life." I like to play. Yeah, yeah. But that's Bread Fan. Yeah, Bread Yeah, so, yeah. There's a couple of. But I. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> there's a couple times. I, I just, I just thought that was so well done too because. Again, there's no direct Beatles influence in that, but with the, like, I, I could picture Paul McCartney at the piano playing that piano track with that feel. You know, it, it just really captured that the the Beatles feel. And, and But with this traditional Irish song that, you know, made famous by Thin Lizzy and popular again by Metallica, and it's just like uh, two worlds, again, that you don't feel like are going to work together, but you guys... I remember... First working with that song again on the couch sometime in winter and I didn't like it. It wasn't going anywhere for me. It wasn't moving me at all. And I think that song must have changed directions in, in my head at, at least five or six times, you know. And one of the things that was really the turning point in that song is taking that chorus and again the Beatlesque type of chordal structure that is going on there, it's not fifth chords, it's not power chords, it's not open chords, different voicings. And then Gerg got a hold of it and did his thing with it, played it back for us by adding the piano and doing all these other things. And then it really started having a different life. It really turned that song around, at least for whatever. And I really like the song now. Um, but at first, boy, it was, it was drudgy. It was slow. It wasn't moving, you know? Um, so this is a great example of just having other people in the band that actually know how to compose songs and how to work with songs that are there and find that thing that isn't working and taking it in an, in another direction. Um, cause that now that's one of my favorite songs on the record, really, to be, to be honest with you. Um, and it's, it's something that's a little bit different than what we've done in the past. So I think yeah, that's more, yeah. It's almost like crossing over to pop, you know, pop rock. Totally is, totally yeah. is. But and there's a the bass solo. Well I think. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> and thank God for public domain. Yeah. <laughs> and another one similar to that is the BHHC, which uh, Dr. Robert wrote many years ago. Yeah. And that was originally, you know, in his mind, he was thinking there's vocals or whatever, it turned into an instrumental. And then I've had the idea for since I've joined the band because I'm Gerg three. <laughs> so yeah. and there's so there's more guitar players behind me that have been in this mm. band. And I always thought it'd be super cool to have every single player that's ever been in the band solo on a song. And we actually cool. had that I had that idea on a different song that's not on this album, but we'll be releasing as a single that didn't make it to the full length. Um and I had the idea to do it on that song. But it was it would have just been like the solo section, the long solo section, and all these guys wanking, you know. Whereas when I heard uh, Robert's tune, I was like, "Wait a second! Like each section works out, the different sections work out to the number of players that have been in the band. <laughs> it's it's uncanny." Yeah. You know, so it was like, "Fuck, there it is. Let's do." And I asked him, you know, "Would you be cool with this?" You know, and he's like, "Well, let's hear it." And, and it turned out great. I yeah. mean, you have every single guitar player that's played with Metallica and Cliff McCartney to play solo yep. on, on that track. And it really like, wow, okay, there it is. You know, yeah. I mean, the track on Super itself cool. didn't need that. It could just be the track on itself and it'd stand up. But this took it to right. another level of not only just a really cool tune, but the major Easter egg for the longtime fans where it's like, holy shit. You know, Kirk, yeah. the original the guy who created the band, is soloing for the first yeah. time in yeah. 20 years on a record, you know, with us. And incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, yeah, it's almost like a tribute to Beatallica. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> is that what the acronym stands for? It's some kind of tribute what? to Beatallica. Don't tell him. I'm not gonna tell him. But yeah, Jimmy, we we, we, we said earlier we we got we got to try and have a game. Whoever can come up with the uh, the most funny or creative or clever uh, definition of what BCHC stands for. All right, so I think uh, I think we have a good T-shirt idea with that BCHC question mark <laughs> or we'll name right. our, oh, and the logo. You know, have that behind. I was I was very curious what it stood for, but I'll let I'll let the mystery. You'll have to remain. Pump, you'll have to pump the, the doctor full of shots for the shows. You know, yeah. Get, get, me, get me a few shots and. All right, doctor, have another I'll, drink. Drink up. I'll, I'll let it loose. <laughs> Cheers. So yeah, so that's you know kind of the gist of this whole yeah. album. I was saying before, it came about pretty organically. Where. Where in the past, you know, a lot of songs were almost completely formed when they were presented to, you know, whoever wrote the song. Here's the song, and then you just learned it. You know, where these yeah. kind of went, right. these went through the cheese grater, you know, of our Wisconsin metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there uh, a, is there a song for each of you that is like, what, what's the song that's the highlight on the album for each of you? It's yeah. For, like I've had this I, another earlier thing. For me, because I produced the record, I'm probably out of all of the guys. You know, I've heard it six billion times, every single note. You know, and uh, mm -hmm. to me, they're all. I just you know, one day it'll be this tune, the next day it'll be that. So to me, I can't, I can't pick that. You know, and it's funny. Mm -hmm. uh, earlier today, I was mentioning our, our video guy, Harold Weber was texting us last night, you know, I got an advanced copy. He's listening. Oh my God, this is my favorite song. And then like a half hour later, he texts us back. No, this is my favorite song. <laughs> he ended up like painting all the damn songs in the fucking album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With yeah. each glass of Cabernet, his opinion yeah. changed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just my, yeah. I just, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's just me as a producer on any real record that yeah. I've ever done. It's just, I'm so intimate with every, every tune and so it's a, i can't separate sure. you know so i mean there's moments I mean, that yeah. i dig. like the the bchc for me is a moment of fruition that i've always wanted to do so that's special to me you know so <laughs> mm -hmm. i i really like the way the damning of helen or hippie came out i like how that one turned out um but i think there's parts of every song 
where I can remember where I was like, if, you know, if I was coming up with the, with, with the riff, like, and, and I'll, you know, right. like a lot of people, you know, you have voice recorders on your phone. It's like, Oh shit, I got this idea. I want to put this down. So I was in central Wisconsin on this piece of land that me and, uh, me and my folks have, and I'm, I'm just walking around the land cold mid October last year. And I'm, I'm just humming this riff and I'm walking around just 40 acres of field and woods. And I'm going, and I'm humming this into my phone. That became the song Devolver. And yeah. now having that, and I can hear like wind rustling through and leaves rustling through the actual original vocal track of that song. And to like to have like these little bits and pieces of just like big personal history, remembering where you were. Um, I think that's, that's super cool. You know? So when I think of like the songs on the record, you know, whether I'm sitting on a couch or walking around and taking a hike, um, that that's where I kind of get, get off. So that's where it's hard for me to say, what is my favorite track? Um, Cause they all have some sort of personal history to me, but Sure. You know, um, I know what songs to me, I think might be, you know, we've already highlighted maybe the ones that we haven't done, done something like this in the past, like whether it be overdrive or number nine, you know, but, mm -hmm. but then there's going to be other songs that we haven't done things in the past with things like devolver or Neverborn, the history behind that song, you know, and I mean, how old that's probably the oldest song on the record, if, if I'm not mistaken to, for, for Rob yep. and Gerg, isn't that right? Yeah, it had to been like right around 87. Yeah, in 76. Yeah. I wrote that actually, I wrote that, uh, the original title is Evil Dead. I wrote that, it was a song about the first Evil Dead movie. <laughs> so yeah. I meant to play that recording of these guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's, I wrote it, then uh, Dr. put drums and bass on it. And so that song's nice. with me for decades, you know, and yeah. then it found, a, found yeah, its that, home. That, that song's actually one of my favorite ones, um, how yeah. it came out and just the vibe of it, everything. Uh, uh, Never bore. I, I kept the drums pretty true to what was originally recorded, um, yeah. you know, yeah. with my own, you know, style on it, but, but pretty well, you know, right to it. Uh, it's got a good, you know, punk vibe to it. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Number nine me, is also cool. It's got a very different feel of a song, but yeah, you know, for which one? Number nine. Number nine. Uh, you know, it, it, that's the thing with this is my first album recording with Metallica, um, but all the songs from the previous albums from this one, they're all fun. You know, when yeah. I listen through, uh, you know, all these tracks, there's not one that I'm like, well, I don't like this one. You know, they're all they're all fun in their own different way. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. For me, it's great thing and to have uh, Jimmy and and Robert. You know, this is their first record with us, full length record. But you know, Jim, yeah. I mean, Jimmy's been with us for a while. We did the Abbey Load tour, you know, and uh, yeah, like mm -hmm. awesome. You know, I'm so happy that you know, you know, these guys. We got these guys because they're fucking killer rhythm section, and and you know, they're on the full length record. You know, so. Awesome, yeah. yeah, and that everyone has been included in in the song composition, you know, mm -hmm. and that you know that everyone should have a, have a voice in that, and everyone is welcome to have a voice, you know. Um, yeah, that's very, very, very important, you know, to do. Right. right. Yeah. I really love to uh, the album cover, which is just a great homage to the black album and it has this like badass design of is it a vulture type creature it seems like something like james heffield would have like uh you know Wings. done a little drawing of and has that green apple as like the reference to uh the beatles. i'm assuming because the apple reference to the beatles and i don't yeah. even know what you mean <laughs> and then I was like, the snake has to be around a keg. You know, yeah, so the, the snake's because doing the keg stand. Was super, the original like art, art the guy that he gave us was 
like some Swedish death metal band or something. You know, it's like, dude, it's like way too heavy. You know, we're fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Uh, but I'm yeah. like, we gotta have some serious yeah. fucking thing in it. And and the Beatles sing and the Metallica thing. You know, it's just, and then this is what eventually evolved to. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who did the art is a guy named Matt Wells. Uh, he's from up near Dr. Rob's way. He lives in the Twin Cities, though he's originally from Wisconsin. And he does a lot of uh, alternative art and a lot of large scale art and also small scale and shirt design. And he's, he's a real talented, super cool guy. Um, if you go to lizardman.com, uh, that, that's his site. And he's, you, you, you would find that in the liner notes of the record. But he's the one that did the art. And it's, it's gotten a, re a really good response as of right now. But when we were talking with him about it, um, okay, just just... Again, Easter eggs, clues, things that the listener needs to look for to really understand what's going on. The album's called The Devolver Album. Listen to the lyrics of Devolver. You'll understand why the snake is what it is and why it's doing what it's doing. I'm not going to give you any more than that, but it's, that's <laughs> part of this process. <laughs> That's part of the process. So when it came down to developing that concept, it was really pretty easy. It was just a matter of what sort of feel did we want? Did we want the snake to be cartoony, sort of campy, sort of too mean? No, that's too mean. You know, it's like, oh, no, it needs a keg. Okay, well, it's got to have the tap. Okay, well, we got to have, you know, there are all these other, like, little, maybe like um, characteristical details that we kind of went over sure. but the concept itself was very easy and if you read if you get to the lyrics of that song it'll give you more clues as to why yeah i love the you know the on because on, on the surface is just uh kind of like a tribute to the black album which also just turned 30 years old and is going through this uh you know they you know, because Metallica needs to promote the Black Album, they were out promoting the Black Album with, <laughs> with the remastered box set, and they had the Blacklist covers and stuff. So I was curious, what uh, if we can kind of transition to some general Metallica talk for a minute? What what does the Black Album mean to you guys as Metallica fans and as members of Metallica and as musicians? Was that an album that stood out to you in their catalog, I'll start, or is I'll that start just with that? Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing it, and I told my friend, I was like, see, I told you they're posers. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, you know, the ballad, I'm like, oh, come on. You know? But, I mean, yeah. obviously for everybody. I mean, everybody kind of felt that. They were like, what the fuck is this? The fucking poison mm -hmm. ballad, you know? It's like, you know, because, you know, my, you know my favorite is, you know, Kill Em All, I mean, Master Puppets, you know, the heavy mm -hmm. shit, you know, so. <laughs> but uh but since then i mean it's grown on me obviously it's a fantastic album yeah. you know but but at the time i like my immediate thing is like oh god here we go the fucking ballad metal back then you know you had to be fucking you know killing your your fellow guitar player and eating his heart to be real <laughs> 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 I, I don't know like i kind of felt uh, like the opposite, Ex with the exception of Sandman, I thought that was going a little too far. But I really appreciated that album because it's pretty much the first one where where James actually starts singing. Yeah, and it's played. It like everything's played really well on the album. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. where it's a real consistent. It's a powerful album. Yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. the problem is that it was the total sellout album. Like it was just, it, it was just forced down your throat for the next five years. That's all you heard. You know, was Sandman. You know, like at least five times a day. And yeah, but there are worse uh, things to hear. Yeah, five yeah times exactly. A day, the, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's it's let's. Let's hear something off of Fleetwood Mac rumors or like Hotel California, you know, of course. Yeah. But yeah, that's just me though. Yeah. I mean, as far as the black album, 
I mean, for people who say that that is like a poor excuse for a metal album or for what Metallic is, is I think that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, if you start listening to the song structures within that record, it's just as progressive as some of the other albums and other songs that they had put out on previous albums. It's just, you don't have to have like this magnificently progressive song that has to be eight and a half minutes long. If you can get these ideas in a more succinct form into four and a half minutes long, that doesn't make a song any less progressive or any less mm -hmm. intricate or intelligent. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of bands that I was listening to in the eighties that like, man, if these guys had better production and more money that could spend more time on it, what would people say about them? Would they say like, ah, right. they sound, they sound too slick. I'm not yeah. really that much into this destruction album, you know, yeah. or this yeah. early Sodom album or, so, or, or something like that, <laughs> you know, or, or, or for that matter, all that early black metal stuff, you know, all the old Emperor Demu Borger, you know, Marduk, all, all that stuff like that. You know, it's like, now all of a sudden it's like bands get successful, they get money. Now all of a sudden it's their fault, you know? And I mean, that, I mean, that, <laughs> that's just not true, <laughs> you right. know? Um, so I, you know, listeners can say what they want about the black album and, and have it be like too soft or too this or too that. I think it's just, you know, bands progress, you know, bands try different things. Bands write something like number nine. Yeah, you know, yeah, bands, after, put, bands put piano into that guitar, you know, guitar yeah. section in the chorus. Mix it up, you know, you know. So I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear jack shit too. about any other one. Any other one saying it's like, oh, that was, that's lame. Which I'm realizing too, how much of a dummy I am because I read number nine on my like as numbering. Uh, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> You gotta start talking at that. That's awesome. Like I, so that's just my dumbass. Well, so, anyways, wait, wait for that <laughs> single to come out. One of the songs that didn't make the record. Just pull that in your head. Okay. As far as what might be coming out later. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, uh, uh, I'm gonna do a couple shoutouts and then get back to the session that I'm doing I'm at Metallica Central, Please. my studio, Hamtone Audio in Milwaukee. Um. The client I have in today is the owner of Cream City Music, which is a mm. fantastic music store in uh, yeah. Brookfield, Wisconsin, which many touring bands have been to or whatever. So shout out to them. And shout out to John Douglas, uh, the tech for uh, Suicide Silence, who really gave me a rough night last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> in, a, in a good way. <laughs> so, so with that said, I'm going to nurse my hangover and get back to <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have Super a good night coming on. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Later. Take care. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I was just going to throw in is like about talking about the whole Black Album thing, the Metallica yeah. Black Album thing. One of the songs that we hadn't talked about really yet all day was the single. Was is the single, which is yeah. honing back, you know, to the Black Album, you know. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that was definitely one that needed to make the record, um, you know, not only for, with the Metallica side, um, but just, again, listening to Easter eggs within the song, uh, why we chose our longest song on the record to be the single, I do not <laughs> fucking know, but that's how it's, it's kind of a very record. Metallica move. It's though. a very Metallica right? move. If you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, yeah, that um, was that's a standout too. That the single there with, uh, you know, I I love wherever I may roam. I think it's one of the. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. I mean, who does not know that song at this point, right? Yeah. But it, putting your own spin on it too, I, I just I was really well structured. So what? How did that come about? Because I, I I was I trying to think to myself. I was like, is there a Metallica song that has like a Beatles influence? And that's like the only one I can kind of think of, just because of the sitar like <laughs> crossover. Um. Well, I mean. 
I think if you listen to the song "Nothing Else Matters," you know, sure, yeah, you know, you could listen to that and it's a little bit of yesterday, or like "Long a Winding Road," like the whole like mm-hmm. you know the the big production symphonic sort of thing on that on that song and those two songs. You know, that's the first thing that pops into my head. But sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I can I can I can hear both. Is there um, the sorry? I had a tech difficulty there. Is there what are the plans for after the album? I know you guys have got a couple shows lined up in December. Yeah, yeah, December tenth in Chicago at the Livewire Lounge in Chicago. Did I mention it's it's in Chicago, right? Uh, and then the the Bend Theater in West Bend, Wisconsin, which is an old theater that was originally built in 1929, and that's on the next day, December 11th. It's also the place where I saw Pinocchio the first time when I was four years old, and uh, like to- the total traumatic scene of the whale coming over and crushing poor Pinocchio. You know, and then he wakes up on the bed and he's human. But like, I was bawling my head. I was so scared during that part. So <laughs> if you ever, if you ever get a chance to watch that movie again, that's that's a wicked part. The the animation is so amazing. You know, we're gonna throw Weber Disney off the movie. balcony right towards you and have him have him dressed as like Free Willy or something like that. And the, just... the, the big, <laughs> big black menacing whale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's gonna be a fun show that's, yeah i mean uh that, the show at the bend is all ages so that's cool um yeah, yeah. The, the show in chicago has now uh jagermeister has now picked that up uh to be a sponsor um and that's going to be part of a whole weekend uh festivities uh down there uh for the the deaf for, or the forever deaf um uh metal festival that's going on down there uh so and we're doing like the, the kickoff show for that at livewire so so that's cool um more stuff coming up for 2022 that i know but as we were explaining in other live streams uh earlier today the world is fairly open now but that doesn't mean it's yeah. all the way open you know um you um, know and, and we were explaining it's just like locked up coming up that already canceled their tours you know whether it be bork nagar just in the ancient ones testament you know death angel was on that yeah. exodus was on it that's it's, it's not happening you know what i mean so mm-hmm. as time goes by hopefully that alleviates itself you know but the last sure. thing that bands want to do and should do is to try and go out and try and force an issue and then like shows aren't that good you know what i mean so mm-hmm. as the world opens back up that's what we're going to be doing. I mean, we've had conversations with other people here in the Midwest about getting some things going. Um, so it's coming. Right. You know, can we give you exact dates? No. But is it coming? Yes. Excellent. Well, I was, you know, it, last time you were on, James, the world was like just like trying out the concert thing again for the first time. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, over the, since the summer, we're starting to see tours, but like you said, it's like stop and go, you know, it's like, uh, some of them have been very smooth and successful. And some of them, you know, I, I know a number of people have gone, gone tickets for various shows from various artists. And then like the day of their cancels, cause you know, somebody in the camp got COVID or this or that. And, so it, it's very up and down still. Yeah, even for our Summerfest show that we did here in Milwaukee in September, I mean, there were three bands at Summerfest I wanted to go see. They canceled, you yeah. know. I mean, the Pixies, they, they canceled their whole tour, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to go see Dinosaur Jr. in Madison in September. That yep. canceled, you know what I mean? Canceled. So it's just, yeah. I was, I was going to mention that. Yeah, so it's like I was gonna go see him here too. Yeah, I mean, so it's still happening. You know, it's still happening. Yeah. So 
the last thing that we want to do is set things up and then they're not settled. You know, sure. it's just, it's not, it's not a smart thing to do. You yeah. Know? So we're willing to wait if club owners and, and other places are willing to wait. It, it's going to sure. change. It's going to happen. But yeah. we need to have it, have it happen in full. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, yeah. we can't kind of do it. Yeah, we think this might be okay. You know, that it's not good for a concert goer. It's not good for a venue. You know, it's just, you know, it's better to wait. Sure. It's, and that's okay. And I think that I, I'm, I'm just assuming here, but what Metallica has done lately is they will just announce like a one-off show. Like, and they'll usually do it like the day of or the day before. Maybe it'll be like a smaller venue. Uh, and I think part of that, besides the fact that they enjoy doing it and they're big enough where they can pull it off, is I think my assumption is COVID has something to do with it. So instead of mapping out a tour and going through all these things where you're on the road permanently and kind of having greater risk or greater risk of this or that, they're just kind of like, we can do a one-off show. And then go back and retreat and to our camp, and then do another one-off show here and one-off like that. Just seems to me for bands right now maybe like less risky than planning a full-fledged tour. But obviously, there are you know that's not doable for some artists for one reason or another. Well, and you're that's not different, but you're not touring with all that production. You know, right. Not only all yeah, the yeah. equipment, but you know the the people that are working it. You have a lot more people involved. Sure. So I think, you know, doing the the one offs, you know, make it a little more scaled down still, you know, to still yeah. kinda of work with the environment that, that we're in right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, we're still hoping that, you know, I, I know like last year and well and really, you know, in twenty 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 that uh we were gonna be doing the Puza Festival in in Montreal. I mean that was so we were gonna be there you know, for multiple yeah. dates over that festival time period. And that's, we're crossing our fingers that that happens next year because then and now you're talking about crossing international borders and everything like that. And we're there if it's going on. I know that, <laughs> you know, we're, we, we are yeah. set and we are down, you know, but yeah, it's got to get cleared. You know, sure. and we got to be able to get back into the United States. You know, so yeah, <laughs> works both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, fingers crossed that you know things can kind of return to even more normalcy, and we can have you guys and more bands on tour playing shows. Um, as we start wrapping up here, I have uh, I have to I want to hear from you guys. You know, when you look at the Beatles, when you look at Metallica, both drummers. Mr. Ringo Starr, Lars Ulrich, face a certain amount of criticism from certain camps or are viewed as, you know, maybe the weaker of the sum of their parts. So I want to hear from you guys, Lars or Ringo. All right. Well, if you have to Jimmy, choose. Jimmy, you go ahead. You're, you're our drummer. Well, I think they both. Uh, I'm a fan of both. For the record, I, I enjoy both of them. Um, I always have. Um, I think everybody gets criticized. You know, you got the two biggest bands of their era, you know, yeah. in their respective, you know, genres at least. Um, so, you know, everyone's going to, you know, have an opinion on something. So they're going to, you know, rate who's the, you know, the worst out of these four guys that are the best, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, who's better? Or, or who's my favorite? I mean, that's really hard to say um, because they're so different. Um, I've met Lars. He was awesome. So I'll say him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my take on that would be, you know, Lars definitely, like, he's he's got his good qualities. You know, like, he's – what it is is he he's basically the life of that band. Like, Mm-hmm. that band would not be doing anything. It wouldn't exist without him. And, you know, he's the guy who, who is antagonizing the rest of the guys to like, fuck you guys. Let's get out there and do it. You know, yeah. he's, he's that type of guy. Uh, and like Ringo, 
I don't know. They're, you know, he, uh, to me, just seemed like, you know, the picture of humbleness. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was a sweet dude. And, he, he, you know, R- Ringo Starr is a Ringo Starr type drummer. You know, there's no one that'll, that plays like him. Just just as much as, like, mm-hmm. you could say that about Keith Moon. You know, right. I'm the best Keith Moon type drummer there is, you know, says Keith Moon. And I, I kind of <laughs> feel the same way about Lars because, you know, yeah, I mean, Ringo. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with Jimmy on it. I like them both you know, yeah. equally, but for different reasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was just like, I, I'm playing with a, a big four uh, tribute band kind of thing called Thrasher. And uh, I, I've, I had to relearn a whole mess of Metallica and we're doing disposable heroes. Oh and yeah. It's That's great. And there's that big, huge sloppy ass fucking drum fill at the end of disposable heroes. It's just, <laughs> he's just like totally falling over himself that whole way. Like he's losing the tempo and it's just like somersaulting. And then it's like, go, 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 you know? And it's, I, I love it. It's I great. Think it's awesome. But it's just like, they actually kept that take, but like, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it works. So, but yeah. that's actually that's why, uh, that, my favorite Metallica song. And we have never attempted to use that song in a Metallica song. And it's not because I think it's off limits. It's just a weird, just a weird yeah. thing. But that's, yeah. That, yeah, Disposable Heroes is still like it's my number to, one favorite Metallica. It's something to keep in mind. So. It's you know it, it's not an easy song to play because it's a fast song, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Technical wise, it's not that bad though. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, next record. I, I, next record. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I I thought you know you just hear the haters on both sides, but I, I personally I'm a fan of both. I I don't think you have those bands exist without them in those worlds it would just be a different band like i hear so many people say like oh what if you know vinnie paul played drones metallica i'm like it would sound great but it wouldn't be metallica it just would be a completely different band you know that he's such a a huge part of their sound as ringo was a huge part of their sound and let's not discredit the songwriting of uh both individuals too where it's like every metallica song is heffield Ulrich, and ringo star wrote countless beatles hits and classics too you know so it's like uh you know, let's give the man the both of them their praise and credit where yeah. it's due. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I back both of them. I back both of them. I'm, I'm totally with both of them. Yeah. I was curious if you guys ever heard, um, their they did a live acoustic cover of "In My Life." Did you guys ever hear that? Metallica did. I did not. Mm-hmm. No, I've never heard it. I'll have to look it, that up. It's, yeah, I, yeah, Heffield did it solo, and then they they did it as a band sometime after that, but both like in a live acoustic settings. And I was impressed because Heffield really went into his uh, falsetto there for that last high note, you know. And I was like, "All right, James, okay." Yeah, <laughs> well, the guy can actually sing, you know. He's, oh yeah, he's yeah. a he's a natural vocalist. Yeah, yeah. It so where is the best place? for people to get the Devolver album out now, everywhere. Where's the best place for them to pick it up? What is it? Uh, uh, dot com. Yep. That'd be the number it. one. But as of today, um, I'll even, I'll prove it to you. <laughs> so as of today, according to distro kid, for those of you out there who know what DistroKid is, right here, uh, you can pick us up. Uh, we're going to be on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube Music, as well as the Metallica.bandcamp.com. Um, but on the Bandcamp, you can get uh, new merch. You, yeah. you can get all the merch nice. and other merch bundles and things like that. Um, that has other links, links to the video for wherever and everywhere and and stuff like that. So we would encourage people to go to the Bandcamp uh, to get that. But you know, if you're going to stream it, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, yep. 
it's all on there as of right now per yep. this device. Go buy it. <laughs> yeah. So excellent. So, and if you're listening to this after the live stream, because this will go out as an audio podcast to the world uh, when the live stream's done. And so, if you're listening, will still be available then too. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yep. And that and. And check out the link in the episode description. So I'll put a link to the Metallica Bandcamp. So it'll be a click away if you go to the episode description. Make it nice and easy for you. No thought involved. All you need is your credit card, debit card, (laughs) PayPal. I don't know. Does Bandcamp take PayPal? Um, I'm sure that they do. So just come prepared with your money and buy (laughs) the album. (laughs) Thank you. Come out to it. You know what I mean? I mean, we're obviously going to have hard copies at gigs, um, so mm-hmm. that all works. And if anyone's got any questions, they can always hit us up on our Facebook, our Instagram, you know, because we're, we're going to be very responsive to those sorts of things. Um, you can contact our label, Metal Assault Records. They would be able to direct you, you know, properly and, you know, the avenues are pretty easy. It's the digital age. It's, it's kind of hard to hide. Yeah. You know, so. And there'll also be links in the episode description to the socials, which I'm guessing is uh, the perfect place to go for any upcoming announcements for shows. If there if there's a tour down the road, all that good stuff will be announced there. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. Vitalica.org will get you to all the links. But like you know, I say, you could, if you just look yep. us up on Instagram, Facebook, we're there. Yep. Awesome. Twitter as Thank well. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. And there'll be a link to all that. So again, turn your you don't even need to use your brain. Just click follow, buy the album, buy the album, buy the album. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having us again, man. You know, we'll definitely, definitely keep you definitely. posted uh once some other things for 2022 start getting uh getting into shape, you know. Sounds good. You guys are welcome back anytime. We'll talk Beatalica. We'll talk Metallica. We'll talk the Beatles. We'll talk Megadeth Slayer. Whatever you want to talk about. Right. Or, or we'll just we'll just drink. Or we'll just drink. One of the <laughs> yeah. One the, of those things. For the first like time ever. That. For the first time ever. Like Erd rolls in here with the best. The with the best booze. He is notorious. <laughs> yeah. He is notorious, man. He is notorious for drinking the shitty, shitty stuff, man. I just swear <laughs> to God, dude. Hey, but it works. I swear to God. Yeah. So I was impressed. I'm, I'm like, good job, Greg. <laughs> now, I usually end an episode of Metallica with uh, a little up your ass, yeah. I do. I try my. I try to channel my inner Heffield. Would anybody like to take that away from this episode? What do you say? Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, middle up your ass. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Jimmy. No, that's (laughs) all you, man. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Robert? I I can't. I I don't think I got any. Everybody together on three. (laughs) Just middle up your ass. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. You're going to count it? One, two, three. Metal up your ass! Yeah! Beautiful. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Louder! Uh, Yeah. Fans not experts.